Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. This is Pastor Matt, your host for today. I'm with Pastor Adam. Hey, hey, I'm here. We are on episode 103. 103. Man, this is rolling. It's rolling on. It's rolling on. Getting closer and closer to episode 200 every day. Yes. <laughs> we'll be there before you know it. I'm telling Especially you Especially time we get on with this series. I'm telling we you put it in and This is a long series. Yes. What series are we in? We're on how um, questions from a rookie pastor to a veteran pastor. Questions from a rookie to a pastor, and this is number seven in the series. Yes. Um, seven questions. Let's recap of all six we've done so far. All right, let's do it. We won't do it real fast. We just do this real fast at the beginning of them so that everybody knows what we're doing. So if you hear one that you hadn't listened to and you want to listen to it, you can go back and listen to it. If you don't want to listen to them, then just hold on. We'll be ready to do number seven here in just a second. All right. right so what was it? What were they, Matt? Number one was how many times have you wanted to quit ministry? Yes, yes, yes. How many times have I wanted to quit? About 4,000,000.75 times. And then we said, um, also, as we start this, as Matt recaps these, just remember that this is not just something that's just for pastors or ministry leaders. I think it applies to anybody in any sort of leadership. I think it applies, all these questions apply directly to anybody who's a Christ follower, period. Yes. Right. So how many times you want to quit ministry? You can say how many times you want to quit leadership, how many times you want to quit serving. You can even say how many times you want to quit Jesus or how many times you want to quit church, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Adam Cook, how many times you want to quit church? A whole lot. Right. Yes. How many times you want to quit Jesus, Adam? Uh, a bunch. I mean, if I'm being honest, there's <laughs> yeah. been a bunch of times where I've been like, I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know. You know what I mean? There's been times where I've been like, God, I don't know if you're real. As a pastor, I felt and said these things. So I'm okay saying them. I think that I think we have to remember that if God is God Almighty, then he can handle our questions. He can handle our doubts. He's God. Right. Yes. So if you got him, he already knows them in your heart anyways. You might as well say them. Right. So. You can apply that to anything. So, yeah, that was the first one. What was the second one? Number two was, do you regret any of the ministry moves you made? Yes, lots of them. There's been lots of them, and the ones we focused on were ones that were sort of bigger than just one-time instances. And so you can go back and look. They were ones that would happen frequently and under-the-surface type things that would then lead to specific instances. But, yeah, we talked about a bunch of them. Um, Third one? Number three was, What's been your secret to avoiding falling? Yeah, um, I really like that episode. We talked a lot about transparency and authenticity. I think that's the biggest key to avoiding some sort of catastrophic um, moral failure. Um, and then I also said, listen to your wife. That was a big one there on being um, not falling, not you know having some sort of – because everybody sins. It sins here, and falling is a relative term. What we were referring to, I think, was really like a – you know, a collapse, um, a large moral failure, uh, you know, uh, um, cheating on your wife, uh, messing with money, uh, you know, power tripping, those kind of things, right? Yes. Those big, big things. Um, yeah, so those are my two. What was the fourth one? Fourth one was, what's been the biggest mistake you've made in ministry? Oh, yeah, biggest mistake we made. Man, that was probably my favorite episode we've done um, maybe ever on the podcast. Um and, you know, that there's a lot to that one. Go back and listen to it. I'll have to recap it. What was the fifth one? No, it was, what's been your biggest joy in ministry? Biggest joy that was easy for me to figure out. That was my kids knowing Jesus and loving Jesus and loving his church. Um, my wife and I doing this thing together. And then my extended family 
being involved in ministry together, right? And so the, if the people that are the closest to you, if the people that are the closest to you, they love Jesus and they love his church, what more could you ask? Yes. Right? That was the big thought there. And then six last week was what? Knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself when you first started Yeah, ministry? that was a fun episode. That one just came out last week. Mm-hmm, that was a good um, one. That was 102, I think. Um and so, recap real fast, that one was, this is not a sprint, this is not a marathon, this is like an Ironman race. Yes. Um, I'd tell myself that. And then, that your wife is, um, or your spouse is your teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when there's pushback, when there's challenges there, it's for your good. And then, um, not to don't walk around with this idea that other people need Jesus and you're here to help them find him. It needs to be, you need Jesus, Right. And that needs to be the desperation that's in your soul all the time. And then that, yes. that pours out in everything else you do in life. That should be every Christ follower, by the way. It doesn't matter whether you're a leader, a pastor, whatever it is. That should be every Christ follower. You need to be aware of your desperate need for Jesus. right? You need to be aware of your sin and your desperate need of a Savior. And that's driving everything we do in life. right? And so it's, it's, it's your own. That's how you walk out your own faith. Right, and then ministry naturally happens out of you walking out your own faith. That's what I would tell younger me: quit thinking about here's what other people need, and instead <laughs> focus in on what you need. Um, yep. So that was six, and then seven today is what is number seven is what's your strategy for consistent Bible reading and prayer? All right, so the rookie is getting all kinds of advice from the veteran here. I'm all excited right. about this one. Yeah, so the first one's what so this one to this day is what's your strategy for consistent Bible reading and prayer? So it makes sense that you'd ask this question, right? Because I think that you look at somebody who's been a Christ follower for a long time or somebody who's been in leadership and ministry for a long time, so a pastor for a long time. Yes. It's going, "All right, what what over time, what have, what have you developed? What habits have you developed that keep you in the Word and keep you praying, right? In that personal part of your own discipleship, what's keeping you doing that? So I want to start by first saying, um, let's dispel a rumor. Let's dispel a myth real quick. Rumor's the wrong word. Let's dispel a myth that uh, seasoned veteran Christians, um, and especially those in leadership, so seasoned veteran pastors, have it all figured out and they read their Bible all the time and they pray all the time and they do those things just right. Yes. Let's dispel that myth. That could not be further from the truth. I think it's a bad myth that we put out because when people who are younger in their faith begin to struggle, um, they don't think that they can talk through that with somebody because they feel like this person has it all together in that area, right? And of course, they're not going to understand why you can't read your Bible because they read it all the time. That is just not true. I think that everybody struggles with this. Um, it is. It comes in seasons and waves, and so certain seasons in life, you may find yourself in a better position to have a consistent Bible time and prayer time, um, and then things change. You know, mm-hmm. things change in that season of life. Jobs change, health changes, kids change. Like there's a different season, yes. and so you find yourself out of that rhythm, and you got to find it again. And then sometimes it's just you know people get down their spiritual their spiritual deserts that we all walk through. Right, mm-hmm. that's true. And they come at different times. They come in different waves. There's mental health things that we all fight. There's seasons of loneliness. There's you know seasons of dryness. That's that desert I'm talking about. And so it just happens at different times. And so um, none of this has been absolutely right. And when I share this strategy, I'm really sharing you with is what's working right now yeah. or what's worked the best over the years. But there's still plenty of times like like we're recording this. We always record these things in the in the 
we're recording them for the future, right? So, yes. like, right now, this episode doesn't come out for like a couple weeks after this moment. But, like, yesterday, for example, yesterday I had a rough day personally. I didn't read my Bible at all yesterday. I didn't pray at all yesterday. Um, I basically didn't do hardly anything yesterday, even though I was supposed to. Um, I had a couple of phone calls. I had a late evening meeting. But the rest of the day, I just was kind of checked out. And so uh, I'll have days like that. Yeah, I'll have weeks like that. I'll have a week where it'll go by and I'll go, when it's time to read my Bible, I'll be like, I don't want to. You know, yeah, meaning as sense. a pastor, I'm admitting that as a pastor, right? It sounds weird for pastors don't say stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but I'm trying to be transparent and authentic. So, um, I have weeks where it's like that, where I'll in the week and I'll realize that I only read the Bible this week just because I had to teach on it, yes. right? You know what I mean? Or just because I had to prepare something. Um, so let's just admit that that's out there. That's a constant battle that I face as well. You know what I mean? Does that make it make sense? Yes, that makes yeah. good sense. I mean, do you feel that in your yeah, life? Yeah. Well, we've even talked about that, and you guided me and how. You know, like me going to school or me preparing for a message yeah. and how you prepare for messages, you only read the Bible and focus on the scripture that you're about to teach versus taking doing that time and take that self-care and yeah. reading the Bible for yourself and hearing God's voice for what you need personally in your life, not just what you're teaching on or studying on. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a constant battle. Mm-hmm. And I think that – I think if you're somebody who is serving in the body of Christ – and that serving involves directly teaching. So that could be kids, right? That could be students. That could be a small group. That could be preaching, teaching adults. Um, that could be worship leadership. That could be anything. If you are find yourself in a, you're going to find that there is a rut you can get in where only thing that you're doing biblically and prayerfully is in preparation for that task. Yes. There's a, it's, it's easy to do. It's easy to do. And I think it's really easy for the enemy to, 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 to tell you that's okay, yeah. right? Because, I mean, you're in the Word. You're in the Word, man. Yeah, you're I'm in the Word. The right? You're in the Bible. You're reading yeah. the Bible. You know, you're reading stuff that goes along with it. You're reading commentaries. You're reading, you know, books that go with this. You're watching sermons and all that. But but you're only doing it for an end goal, an end result to get a task done. Yes, um, you can and, check it off. Yeah, and God, God is not about – he's about the heart. Yes. Right. So you're better off. You're better off if you only read one verse this week, but you did it because you were just kind of trying to lean into God with mm-hmm. nothing to get out of it. You're just trying just him. Right. You're just trying to lean into him. Then you were spending, you know, all week long. Let's say you spent 30 hours studying the book of John because you were going to preach the first chapter. You know yeah, what I mean? Like true. you're better off the other way. Because um, God cares about the heart, right? He's mm-hmm. He's looking for real, authentic, right? Worshippers who worship in spirit and in truth, right? And so there's an authenticity to that. And so if you're sitting here right now, listening to this, going, "Man, I'm really hoping to get some wisdom on how I can do this Bible reading and prayer thing better." I'm gonna give you some, but don't beat yourself up and make yourself feel like you're the only one. Everybody struggles with this. Everybody struggles with this. I have gone probably a year periods. I mean, literally like a year, where the only time I was touching my Bible, which was a lot, but it was for some end goal, some teaching, some writing, some prepping, some podcast, some something, right? I mean, I've gone years before where that's all it was been. So it's always been a it's this battle. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. All right. So here's my current strategy. Um, and this has worked for me for the last uh I guess this has worked for the last four years. No, no, not yeah, 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 yeah. So so for the past maybe five or six years, this has worked really well. 
Um, and the reason it's worked well is because um, of the state that my kids are in at this moment. Right, so mm-hmm. I see this changing a little bit in the near future. So, so the, what I'm saying is, is all right. So here's this, here's what I do. Right now, I am reading the Bible and praying um, from about seven fifty five in the morning, about eight o'clock in the morning, until about ten o'clock. Right now, that's within my work day, but um, and I have the ability to put that in my work day because of my because of my schedule, right? Because yes. I can control my schedule. That hasn't always been the case, but right now it has been. So from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock, I don't book. Matt, I'll tell you this. There's no meetings that happen prior to 10 o'clock. As a matter of fact, there's no meetings that happen prior to 11 o'clock. If there is a meeting that happens earlier, it is like that's like a once or twice a year thing, and something is seriously wrong, or it has been planned out for months and months and months in advance for me to be able to adjust. And so from 8 to 10, um, the reason that time frame is working is because for the last several years, I drop my kids off, my younger two kids off at school, and then I don't schedule anything until 10 o'clock. So I drop them off, and I immediately do that. That's changing a little bit for me right now because I'm having some health stuff, and I'm having to add in some physical workout. And so what I've been doing recently is is three days of the week, and this is recent. This is new. Three days of the week, I'm also working out in the eight-to-time period, 10 period, and reading my Bible and praying. That's good. So I'm blocking off this time from eight to 10. And it only works right now in this season. You know, if you went back a little while before, that wouldn't have worked. And so it had to be before I left home, right? So for some of you listening, for a lot of you listening, you won't have the ability to do that in your work schedule from 8 to 10. So it'll have to be some other time frame that fits. Um, But it's been, hey, let's have a dedicated time. Um, That time is non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable for five days. So Mm -hmm. from 8 to 10, Monday through Friday. Friday is a day that I'm off. The office is closed, but I'm still sticking to my 8 to 10 time to read the scripture. So what yes. I do is, um, and we may have mentioned this on a podcast before, I don't know. But what I do is I get my Bible out and I'm reading my Bible. Um, sometimes I'm trying to start where I left off last time. Sometimes I'm just starting anywhere I want to. Um, sometimes I'm starting with something because it's just piqued my interest. You know. Yep. And so like right now, I'm um, uh, like last week I started reading um, uh, Proverbs. Right. Mm -hmm. For no particular reason. Just I had preached a couple of verses on Proverbs. It got me interested. And so one day I was sitting down, I was like, I'm going to start reading Proverbs through. And so like last week I started on Proverbs and I'm not giving myself any sort of I got to read the whole chapter or anything like that, because if I do that, then all I'm doing is making a task that I can check off. Right. So I'm not doing any of that. I'm just reading a little bit um, and then I'll keep two notebooks in front of me, two separate notebooks. One of the notebooks is for me personally, right? Just what God's saying to me. I just try to write it down. Half the time I can't read what I wrote after I'm done. You know, I'm not yeah, I'm not sense. looking back at it a whole lot. It's not like I wouldn't say it's journaling because I ain't no good at that. You yeah, know, I'm not good at journaling. Um at all. So I'm, people are listening going, I can't do that. Like I ain't really doing it either. I'm I'm just jotting down certain little things that catch my attention and I feel like God's saying to me. And so um like recently I was reading through something in Proverbs one and I wrote down um uh, listen, listen to godly wisdom. Like, it's just me personally. And then on my second notebook, I'll keep open, and that's where I'll write down things I feel like God's saying, hey, you know, I'm talking about to you this personally, but this also is something I want you to maybe teach on, you know, in the next year or two, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Something good. like that. And so I'll jot down something. Um, but they're both open at the same time. Um, and then mixed in with that, I'll try to make myself pray. So what I'm trying to do through that process, too, 
is I'm trying to pause in that two hours and pray for 30 seconds. Right? I mean, literally 30 seconds. Like I'm mm-hmm. not saying, you know, and then I'll try to stop and I'll say, okay, I'm just going to stop right now and pray over this verse. Or I'll feel like, man, I was a bad husband last night while I'm in the middle of my Bible reading. It happens a lot, right, yeah. where the Holy Spirit convicts you. Mm-hmm. And so my goal is, is when I feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit in that moment, in those two hours, is to just pause and pray. God, That's I need good. your help. God, I want to repent. You know, God, I, I, whatever it may be. Um, I'm trying to pray through those in those pauses. So they're not, they're not super scripted. They're not super laid out. It's not like my style has not been, okay, at 8.30 every day I pause and I pray for 30 minutes. That's not been my plan. Yes. So my plan is is to stop and pray as we go through that. And then somewhere in there, um, I try. I fail at this all the time. But somewhere in that 8 to 10 period, um, I won't, I'll get on my knees and I pray the Lord's Prayer. That's good. Right? And what I'm trying to do when I pray the Lord's Prayer is I'm trying to pause and actually think about what I just said. So like when it's um, our Father who art in heaven, right? I want to pause there, and I want to go, you're bigger than me. You're everywhere. You are in heaven, right? You hold the keys, something like that. Right? Yes. I just want to pause and pray. I'm praying those things. Um, hallowed be thy name. I want to pause right there, and I want to go, your name is the only thing holy in this world, right? Mm-hmm. You are holy. You know what I mean? Like, Glory to your name, Father. Glory to the name of God. Right? I just want to pause there and say that. And each little spot of the Lord's Prayer, I'm just kind of pausing and praying instead of just reciting the prayer. Yeah. And I'm trying to do that on my knees. Trying to do that every day between 8 and 10, sometime or another. And I'm trying to pause there. Because the Lord's Prayer gives you a, prescri- it's a prescription prayer from Jesus mm-hmm. on how we should pray. I mean, he literally says, here's how you should pray. And then he lays out this prayer. Um, you know, <clears throat> Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when I say thy kingdom come, thy will be done, there's a pause there, and I'm going, your kingdom is what needs to happen, not mine. Your will, not mine. Your will for this day, your will for my family, whatever's on my heart, whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking. So I'm trying to go through that whole thing somewhere in that 8 to time, 10 time frame, praying on my knees in particular because that gives us a position, right? Position is important. Yes. Right? Position is more, this is a nugget right here. Position is much more important than your intention, mm-hmm. right? Your intention is sort of useless. We can have all the good intentions we want to have. It's your position that sets you up for things. And so that's I think good. when we put ourselves in a position, so that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about the intention of reading our Bible and praying. You can have that intention all you want to. Tell me how it's worked out for you, Matt, where you've had the intention of praying and reading your Bible. Yeah, it doesn't work out very well. <laughs> but no. if you make yourself be in position to do it, then you can actually do it, right? So yes. position trumps intention all day. And so the idea of being on your knees immediately puts you in the position of it. Yes. Um, you know, and, and that's more important than the intention. So let's say you're on your knees and you don't speak a word. Like you just, God, I don't know what to say, so I'm just going to sit here on my knees. There's still a, a bowing to God that's happening in that. Yes. You know what I mean? And so that's prayer. That's, mm-hmm. that's prayer, right? Um. And and I'm trying to do that. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's been what's worked for me recently. Um, it's not super scripted. Um, now, sometimes within that 8 and 10 period, I will also, I'll done everything we just said, and then I'll go back and start reading the scripture that I know I'm going to teach on, but I'm still reading it with the two notebooks open the way I'm supposed to have it so that yeah, that's good. God can say something to me personally. This was a struggle for me. So... This comes back from, I mentioned him a lot on the podcast, 
my mentor, Sean Lovejoy, the second or third time I met with him, and you got to remember too, when I met with, when I started meeting with him, um, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. I had written his name down in a notebook years before, Wow! right? Years before. And what I wrote down was, is I wrote down, if I ever start a church, call this guy, right? That's what I wrote down. Mm-hmm. So we were a year or two into starting a church and I realized I needed somebody. I needed something. I went back and found that notebook, found that name, called that guy up, set up some time to meet with him. He was in, he was outside of Atlanta, Georgia, right? Which is a good six hours from here. Yeah. We didn't have no money. So I would drive down and meet with him for one hour and drive back home in wow. one day, right? Six hours for a one hour That's determination. meeting. Yeah, six hours for a one hour meeting, drive back home. And the second time I did that, he said to me, we were talking through this very thing, right? And I said, man, I'm struggling. I, I feel guilty. Like it's, I, it's hard for me to do a separate Bible reading time just for me and then do a separate time just for study and preaching and teaching. Like I'm struggling. Like I, I can't separate the two. It's really hard for me. He goes, why are you trying to separate them? Why are you trying to separate them? Right? Why can't you do them at the same time? Yep. And that's where the whole two notebook thing came, in, came into play. It was like jot stuff down here that he's saying to you personally when you feel like he's saying something for the church or that you should teach on further or that you should explore further for other people as well, then write that down here too. Yeah, that's you good. know what I mean? Like it was, it was don't, don't separate the two, you know, because God's not separating these things with us, Mm-mm. right? He's not separating them. He's not separating your ministry life from your personal life. To him, they're the same thing. That's true. Right? And for us, they got to be the same thing too. Because um, you'll never be truly authentic and transparent if you've got two separate lives. You've got your ministry life and how you do that, how you prep for that, and you've got your personal walk with God and how you prep for that. It's got to be the same thing. Yes. And so this has been working in this season for me, um, but that was very freeing to know that, no, you could do them at the same time. you know. And so I think it's the same thing for anybody else in any capacity is you know, be positional. Right. Don't just be intentional. Be positional. Put yourself in a position to do it. Whatever that time looks like, you know, if we're I'm talking two hours, you might have balked the minute you heard me say that you might have been like, there's no way I can block off two hours. It took me years yes. to get to this point. Right. Years. Um, it, you block off 10 minutes then. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever it may be. It doesn't really matter as long as you create some sort of position to do it. And so that those intentions can actually happen. Yes. And then you are just open to God in those moments, like being as raw and honest as you can be. Sometimes you're going to read your Bible and you're going to go, all right, I read it. What do I do now? You just move on. Yes. Sometimes you're going to read it and you're going to go, man, I need to read that again. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's speaking to me. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like what this says. Or I don't even understand this. Let me go Google it. Let me go figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, that's okay, too. Yes. It doesn't have to look the same every time. But the idea is, is where where are you creating some consistency? So the question you asked was your strategy for consistent Bible reading and prayer. Like, you got to have a plan that helps you do these things consistently. Yes. You are not going to grow in the Lord. You are not going to grow in your the potential that you have as a human being if you are not consistently in the Word and consistently in communication with God. Yes. You have to have those two things. But it does not have to look the same every day of your life, and it doesn't have to look like somebody else's looks. You know, um, A lot of my prayer time also happens in the car. 
Yeah, that's I, I love praying in the car. Yeah, that's I mean, that's, I found that it works well, mm-hmm. and I found that lots of people I've talked to, it works for them too. Yeah, right. If you've got a thirty-minute drive from your house to work, which if you live around here where we live, everybody drives thirty minutes yeah, to anything easily. they do. Right. Easily. If you got a thirty-minute drive, then you throw on some worship music of some sort, and yep. you just talk to the Lord that's while the you're best. driving. And sometimes you need the prayer. To yeah, get through the drive. You just like you just praying. God, I don't know what to do today, or God, I mean, I'm so. I didn't want to be the person that I was this morning for all that. That happens to me so often. This mm-hmm. happened to me today. Um, I, my, my, our youngest child really tests my patience. Yep. And she spills something every two seconds. I mean, mm-hmm. I swear she can spill something that ain't even opened. Like she can figure out a way to spill it. And on the way to school, she spilled her water bottle on her book bag, on her lunchbox, on her clothes, on the floor, right? And I was so frustrated, and I had to pull over, and I yelled at her, and I fussed at her, and I told her how annoying she was. I mean, it was bad, yeah. you know. And then we get to school, and I'm trying to backtrack a little bit so she has a good day. And then after I left school, dropping her off, I was on my way back to my office to do my prayer and Bible reading. And as I'm driving, I just felt very convicted by that. I had to just yes. pause and say, God, I'm sorry. I don't want to be that dad. You know, help me. Um, you know, it, it, it's just prayerful moments while I'm driving. Those yeah. happen a lot. I found that a lot of people can make that happen. That's true. Um, another one that I like to suggest that nobody likes to hear because it's weird. So get ready because some of you are going to be grossed out. Um, but everybody spends a little time every day on the toilet. Mm-hmm. All right? You do. I mean, I'm just being real. Everybody spends a little bit of time on a day on the toilet. Everybody. And everybody tends to default to mindlessly going through their phone on the toilet. Yep, right? Right? It used to be magazines. Magazines used to be beside the toilet, and that's what you do. Now it's the phone. And everybody mindlessly does it. They play some stupid game. They scroll social media. They read some random articles. Yep. Try to turn that time into a time where you open up an actual devotional. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this devotional this time when I'm on the toilet. Make it to where I'm on the toilet, I'm going to do this. Our, our youth person. Her name is Laura. She's hilarious. <laughs> she does this. I said this one time in a message where everybody got grossed out, except for a couple people who took it to heart. Laura does this. She calls them her Devo duties. Oh, my right? God. That's she great. says duties, D-U-T-I-E-S, like it's a duty that you do. Mm-hmm. She calls it Devo. I mean, she literally does this all the time. Um, and I think that you just got to do whatever works. You yeah, just should do whatever works. But consistency is really important. Yes. Um, I really do I honestly believe that some of the biggest growth spots for us that we're missing out on um, in what God can do and say in our lives, the, the calling, the, the um, how he's trying to mold us, what he's trying to get us to see in the future is going to come from Bible reading and prayer, That's right? True. Consistent Bible reading and prayer. And those things need to be daily habits. Yes. Um, I actually think they need to be more than daily habits. That's why I brought up that whole praying when you drive thing, right? Um, I don't think you can also just check this thing off first thing in the morning, but um, that, that that's just what it's got to look like. Yes. You know, um, what's yours look like now, Matt? You mind me putting Man, it on you? Not, well, you know, me and my wife always have this goal of getting up early and, you know, getting into <laughs> yes. it. And then our kids wake up before we can actually get our Bibles in. So most of the time, mine starts when I hit the office. And But I do pray, you know, on my way to work in the morning. And then I do get to, to work, and most of the time it's, Start in the morning off, unless I have something crazy to happen. Right, right. I, I'm not as good scheduling as you are yet. But right. I'm working on it. And then I do like to go 
into our auditorium at the uh, church and praying there too. Yeah, I always find that's a good place to to pray, and that's that's where I spend a lot of my prayer time at too. And then, but most of my Bible reading happens most time in the morning before I get the day going. Do you find that this has because you've been a Christ follower for a long time? Do you find that this has always been a struggle? Yeah, I think I think just making a time and and you know and actually especially if you're a person with kids and then you're trying to balance your time because you know you have either you're trying to get them on the bus or in the morning and then you're trying to get up before they get up and they still want to get up when yep. you get up no matter what no, you can yep. try to get up at five and one of them will come out yeah. the bedroom yes and i think they're it's like e- a magnet yes it's either it's either you know making that time in the morning and you know doing the best you can or shutting the tv off at night time and and trying to fit it in at night but i do think it it is difficult to make it a routine and see i think that this is consistent towards everybody so i think that you can allow the enemy to tell you that in this season you can't because your kids are this but then the next season there's something different yes like like you're asking me as a veteran but i'm telling you when i talk to for example i talk to a couple of guys that i'm spending time with that are retired so their kids are grown they're out of the house and what they told themselves was well, when the kids are gone and all this settles down from this season, then I will be able to focus more on God. And what they found is, is that now there's grandkids that stuff, and now yeah, there's these other sense. things that pop up, and and now there may be, um, they may not be going to work, but there's these other things that are here. And now they're, and, and here's here's a big one. Now their parents are aging, and they're caring for their parents, and they're mm-hmm. worried for their parents. And so there's always going to be something. You know yes. what I mean? Like that's what I'm trying to say. Always going to be some reason and something to deter this. Yes, always. Um, the enemy knows that too, and mm-hmm. so he uses it against you, right? But there's always going to be something in your schedule that keeps you from this. And so I think that you just, in this se- what works in this season, let me work it. And then when I get to a spot where I realize, all right, this ain't working in this season, or something changed in this season, now it's a new season, and this is not working, then just just re- just retool it and do something different. Yeah, right? that's true. Um, this has worked for me for a while now, off and on. It's been different, but it's close to being the same. Um, and I can see how, though, coming up soon, that this is going to change. Yeah, I think that's the key. It's yeah. just adjusting your life to making it consistent for you and how you can fit it in your day. Yeah, yeah I mean, really the best way to absolutely. Do it. I mean, this is going to change for us soon because what's going to happen is, is our oldest is has our learners now. She's going to have her driver's license going in the next school year. Our middle child is going to be in middle school, and he's going to be going to a different school than he's been going to. So the two of them are going to go to school together, right? Mm-hmm. Older sister's going to drive and drop him off, and she's going to drive herself to school. And then we got the younger one that I'll still take to school. But things will change because of that, because it'll just be one kid that's going. So my schedule will get different. Um, also, I've noticed that I'm now having to focus on my physical health, and the best time to do this workout thing right now is first thing in the morning. Yes. Right? So it's, it's that 8 o'clock thank, moment. Thank God for things like Audible. Yeah, exactly. You slap exactly. in and you listen, listen to right. the Bible or listen to worship and That's pray. been my adjustment. Yeah. So my adjustment was, in the last four weeks, was, all right, I'm, I'm, this is my Bible time. This is my prayer time. What am I going to do? And so what I've been doing is I have literally been going, okay, I'm going to listen to this Bible thing. I'm going to listen to this podcast, whatever it is. And then what I've found is, is that I'm really praying more during the monotony of a treadmill right yep. or a stationary bike or whatever it is i'm on right now i don't know what i'm doing with any of it but um i found out praying more and so i went in like one day i told valerie i said i went into this day and my plan was was to listen to this podcast about this scripture it had nothing to do with what i'm teaching it was just me listening to something and then halfway through i turned it off and i just prayed for her like i just felt like the holy spirit was saying just pray for your wife while you're on the treadmill 
you know. So there's an adjustment there that's already happening. Yes. And I think the key is is just to just to realize that realize that time in the Word and time in prayer is a priority. Yeah, that's true. And so you got to fit it in somewhere. Mm-hmm. It would be just like eating, right? Yes. So just like going into the bathroom, you're gonna fit going to the bathroom in, even if your schedule gets disrupted. You're gonna mm-hmm. fit it in because when it's time to go, it's time to go. You're gonna eat because you have to eat. Right, you're going to fit that in. You're going to fit in sleep somewhere or another. Being consistent in the Word, having personal time with God in the Word, personal time in prayer, needs to be priority. Like eating, sleeping, and going to the bathroom. Yes, it just has to happen. And so you make it happen somewhere where it has to happen, even if it's not in that great schedule. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I think. That's true. So I hope that helps you guys. I hope it helps Matt. Obviously, yes. by the time we finish this, man, if Matt does all this stuff, he's gonna be like the greatest pastor the world I've ever seen. Yes, so. it'll be amazing. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you guys for listening again. This was the seventh one of this series. We'll be back for a couple more. We've got, let's see, we've got one, two, three, four more. Four more. And then we'll roll into a new series. We have no idea what that series will be yet. But yeah, there's some good ones coming up. You want to tease them? Give them one that's coming up. Here's one one that's coming up. Um, Let's see here. What's your plan for maximizing the rest of your ministry? Oh, man. I've got that one highlighted for some reason. I don't know why I don't have any answer for it, but I've got that one highlighted for some reason. Yeah, it means you really need to be thinking about (laughs) it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thank you guys so much. Matt, thanks for hosting again. Yes, thank you guys so much. We'll see you on, uh, on the next episode. All right, see you guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.